Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I am joined here, as always, with Chris Wesley. Chris, how's it going today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I am actually doing really, really well because we are in November, and November is one of my favorite months because it's my birthday month, it's Thanksgiving, it's, uh, you know, all sorts of just fall goodness. So I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. And and actually, believe it or not, it's a time of year where um, I actually feel like I have more margin than the rest of the year. Oh, interesting. So, well, yeah. first of all, before we get to margin, tell me, do you want to share publicly when your birthday is so we can all send you notes on your birthday? Sure, sure. It's uh, November 13th. So uh, definitely share that. So uh, I guess this episode airs on um, airs that week. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, the next day, Wednesday, because uh, I believe this will yeah, air November on, 12th. Yeah, on the 12th. So um, yeah, you guys still have time to uh, get me gifts, but um, in all seriousness, actually, um, if you do uh, want to get me a gift, you can contribute to uh, a charity called Uncuffed Ministries. It's a prison ministry that I'm a part of, and John and I were talking about before um, how uh, we need to get uh, the executive director from this ministry on to talk a little bit about prison ministry and what that looks like, but uh, yeah, no, uh, November 13th is my birthday. and oh, good. Uh, and well, I'll, I'll even be bold to say that it will be celebrating the last year of my 30s. You know, there you go. You're getting old. old. Man like you. Yeah, You're getting so, old. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because I'm right now, I'm 40. Yeah. Yeah. John's 40. So. <laughs> well, well um, let, me, let me ask the big question. Has Christmas music started playing in your house yet? No. No. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it, it, it's funny. Um, I'm not a curmudgeon. Um, but what I've found, and this is going to be a total Jesus juke, um, is the joy in Advent. Um, I, like, I really love the season of Advent. Um, in fact, uh, good friends of mine, Ellen Kenny Campbell, um, who write Grow Curriculum, asked me to do uh, um, a series for them. And I said I'd do an Advent series for them because I feel like, you know, we get into this time of year and everyone's Christmas, 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 Christmas. And um, one thing that, ha- that drives me nuts is how people give um, other people a hard time for keeping their decorations up for the week after Christmas. And they're like, Christmas is over. I was like, no, we're in the throes of Christmas. We're Advent's over, you know, and uh, this is a total tangent to what we're talking about today. But <laughs> totally. uh, to get back to your question, uh, no, no, we don't, um, you know, but I don't, uh, I don't resent people who do. Um, how about for yourself? No, we, we wait till after Thanksgiving. We have, uh, and, and part of the Christmas stuff for us is a total tangent too, is, 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 is one of the ways that we prepare in Advent. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's just exciting. It's fun. But we wait till Thanksgiving to do all that. Usually the weekend after Thanksgiving or a little bit beyond, we start the Christmas tree and the music and delving into Christmas movies and whatnot is, is usually shortly after Thanksgiving. So. And, and you know, what, to tell you the truth, I do appreciate the blending of uh, seasons, you know, when, um, yeah, we've seen pumpkin spice, whatever, since Labor Day and whatnot. I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, re- the it, red cups at Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> the red cups at Starbucks. I'm okay with that. You know, it's just like people, it's anticipation. It anticipation, is anticipation. And that's a part of Advent. So, exactly. you know, it's like, it's anticipation. But um, you're all probably sitting there anticipating when we're going to get to today's topic, <laughs> subject. And I might sound a little giddy because this is actually one of my favorite subjects in the world because one, I struggle with it. 
Um, two, I help people with it. And three, I think um, this is the solution to so many of our problems, not just in church ministry, but in life, John. And uh, yeah, um, we're going to talk about the word no uh, today. Well, that's some bold, uh, bold stuff you just said there in terms of how powerful this is, this idea of saying no. Uh, you and now, Chris, you're the one that wanted to kind of bring this topic up, something that your energy passed. What's the story behind your energy around this particular topic of saying no? Uh, you know, it's partly due to experiencing things like burnout, um, doing things that I really deep down in my heart didn't want to do. Um, and then also this deep desire to be authentic um, in who I am, to have integrity. And when we don't understand the power of the words yes and no, um, we really put ourselves at the risk of, um, of being inauthentic. And, uh, you know, if you're looking at my Myers-Briggs or even my MCOR or Strength Finders or whatnot, um, you know, being inauthentic does not match up with those things. It, it's just not a part of who I am. And I've found that when I exercise those phrases, yes and no, properly in my personal life and professional life, I've found not just success, but peace of mind and joy. And the reason I think we should focus on the word no, even though that might seem a little negative, is because there's so many times in our faith where we push the word yes, right? Say yes to God, say yes to the church, say yes to you know the spirit, which there's nothing wrong with those things. <laughs> but we carry those over into our personal life and we say like yes to the thing that we're not so enthusiastic about, or we say yes to the requests or needs of our parishioners and we instead of becoming you know answered prayers we become enablers and um so there's a lot to talk about and i know that this isn't like a, a 10 hour show but um we'll, we'll try to squeeze that down into half an hour of uh of the power of the word no yeah um, so that's where it comes from yeah yeah it's very good well i appreciate you sharing that i mean i think it's important that we do that and you're right there is a culture in church where we have to say yes to everything. Um, and part of it is, is we kind of, we, we, we fake ourselves out to thinking, this is all for God's ministries. This is all for God. We're serving God. So I just need to keep saying yes. I need to keep saying yes. I need to keep saying yes. But if you keep saying yes, at some point, you're not going to be able to do anything for God's ministry, right? And that's, mm. but that's part, that's very much part of our church culture. And, and you know, you talk about yes. Well, you know, I immediately they thought uh, of Angel Gabriel coming to Mary and said, you're going to bear a son. His name will be Emmanuel. What do you think? Right? Well, Mary says, yes. Right? Which, right you know, obviously, that's how we have our church, you know, but imagine if she said no, like, now's not a good time. Anyways, we don't have to go down that tangent, but you're right. It's very much this culture of, of yes, 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 because we are in service of the greater mission, which is beyond ourselves. But there are some challenges to, to that. So I appreciate you bringing this up. Well, and a uh, really good friend of mine, Doug Fields, the way that he's articulated it has really helped me with this because I think, you know, even with the situation of Gabriel visiting Mary, right? And, and saying like, will you do this? And Mary saying, yes. Um, one thing that Doug has said, and I've repeated it here on the show, as well as other areas, is when you say yes to something or someone, you're saying no to something or someone else. And that's because we all have 24 hours in a day. That's because we all have the same uh, or 
I shouldn't say same, but limited amount of capacity. And so, you know, if you think about like a, um, you know, uh, a glass of water and every time you say yes, you're pouring something in, when you get to the top of that, something's going to overflow out, right? Something's going to flow out. So when I say yes to an opportunity um, at whether it's a speaking gig, um, I'm saying no to either family life or something back here at um, the parish, right? If I'm saying yes to um, uh, a coworker, um, I'm saying no to a task or something that I might be working on. And what we really need to do is, it's not just learning how to say no, but it's learning that when we say no, we're saying yes to something else. And when we're saying yes, we're saying no to something else and that the two words are actually connected um, in that regards. Um, so, so yeah, uh, the way that, again, Doug Fields put it is when you say yet, yes to something or someone else, you're saying no to something or someone else. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I'm struggling with this right now too. And just personally, it's like, I have three young kids at home, you know, and, and really balancing nights and weekends and travel and everything like that with significant moments and, and, and life of the family. Because of course, the, this for me as, as a married man with, with kids, my family needs to be my first yes, right? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that needs to be my primary yes. And so, uh, so it is, it's, it's a struggle for sure for me to balance that. What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? And that's probably the reality for, for all of us uh, um, who are in ministry. It's like, there's so many good things we have the opportunity to do and say yes to, but we can't say yes to all. And, and what I like about what you're saying here, Chris, is that it's not just about, you know, your own personal balance, you know, with everything that you have going on, but also it's strategic in nature too that it's a, a strategy that we have to employ so that we can stay focused on the things that matter most in our life and in our ministry, um, as opposed to saying yes to everything. If we say yes to everything, then we're, we're mediocre at everything, right? Uh, we're not doing good at everything. And, and I think that's, that's a reality that happens a lot in church too. It's like a volunteer comes up with a good idea. It's like, yep, let's go ahead and do that. Or, you know, a, a staff member has another good idea. Yeah, let's do that too, because it's a good idea. Well, it's a good idea, but what's it taken away from? To your point, I love the image of the water overflowing. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. not all of it sticks, not all of it works. You can't just keep saying yes. Yeah. So let's talk about the things that we say no to um, unintentionally because we say yes to other things, right? So um, if you look at what a lot of people struggle with, and you were kind of sharing this before, John, is that we feel like we're constantly doing all these different things, right? Our plate is completely full. But the question that I would ask is how many of those things truly refuel or benefit you, right? Refuel or benefit you. Now that's a difficult question because if those things are, you know, opportunities for your kids or for your family or for your work, you're like, well, you know, if I say yes to this job opportunity, it's going to lead to more income down the line, right? Or if I say yes to this opportunity for my kids, then that's going to, um, that's going to help them grow or develop or be successful in their life. And so we look at that and there's great intentions behind that. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll use myself for an example. My kids right now have a pretty packed schedule and there are different opportunities that pop up. And I might say, yes, I want them to play an instrument or play this sport. But then what I'm saying no to is my recovery time, my rest time, right? And so one of the things that we have to learn how to say yes to um, 
and instead of uh, saying no to it, is um, yes to quiet time, to sleep time, to Sabbath time, to rest time, because not only um, is it important, but it's a commandment, right? God wants us to have, have a Sabbath. God wants us to rest because that's what he did. He showed us how to do that. Yet um, we say no to that all the time because we're too afraid to say no to all these other things. But if we say yes to that first, you know, say no to everything else and then say yes to that prayer life and protect that, then we'll be able to say yes or no to, to things that follow up, um, follow that um, right there. I, I really, I agree with that. And I like that. I'm coming off a pretty busy month of, of travel and other things. And, and I'm preparing for a lot of things that are coming up. And yesterday, this is funny that this happened yesterday. I finished up some things I need to take care of. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Um, I, I made a conscious decision to stop. Um, I could have worked on those things, but I made a conscious decision because it has been so go, 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 go for me for the past 30 plus days um, that I haven't had the Sabbath. I haven't had the rest. Uh, and, and so I decided to say, nope, I'm, I have time tomorrow to work on this. I'm not, I'm, I'm done for the day. I'm going to sit down, have a good lunch. I, I watched a Netflix episode for, of something, a show for like an hour and a half, almost two hours. And, and that was it. It was only, it's just a few hours, you know, but I needed that time to just not do ministry. You know, and, and the kids were at school. My wife was at work. So I had some alone quiet time that I, I just made a conscious decision. It's like, I need to do this. But it's so easy for me. And I'm probably a lot of people who are listening to just keep going. Just right. keep going, right? It's like, well, I've got this to do. I've got this to do. Yes, the work never ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to say no yesterday, only for a few hours. But I said no to work. I said, nope, right. I'm done, you know. Uh, and, and I'm just going to rest, but I feel guilty, Chris. Like, honestly, there are times I feel guilty about saying no, like, how do I deal with that? (laughs) Right. Right. And, and that's one of the big enemies to say no is guilt, right? We don't want to let other people down. We don't want people to think that we've chose our own pleasure, you know, over their like needs. Right. And, and that's a huge lie that, that we've bought into is that we should feel guilty about feeling good, that we should feel guilty about enjoying something um, because that means someone else might suffer or might dis- be disappointed. Um, another obstacle of, of saying no is the, the fear of falling behind, right? So um, at the time of, that we're recording this, I'm about to um, lead a confirmation retreat and that goes into my weekend. That affects um, my days off. And so in a way I could be working, um, you know, pretty much 14 days in a row or 10 days in a row, um, uh, depending on how it lays out. And so for me, it's important to say, you know what, I'm taking, uh, the Monday after the retreat off and I'm taking, um, another day off that week. And so I'm saying no to other days of work. I'm saying no to coworkers about a meeting or no to, um, you know, uh, certain tasks that usually get done on those days. And that's because I need to rest. Because if I don't say no to those things, I'm saying no to my, my peace, my, my body, my recovery. And um, I'm going to head into that next day off or that next weekend, um, which is a little bit further down the road, 
totally exhausted and not able to recover from that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important for us when we say, again, yes to something that to remember that we're saying no to something else um, and, and, and keep that in mind. So guilt, uh, the fear of falling behind, I think is another obstacle to know. Um, also uh, pride, pride is another um, uh, obstacle to saying no, because if I say yes to all these things, if I'm on this committee, if I'm on this team, if I'm constantly busy, if I look like I've got, I'm juggling a thousand things, I'm going to look successful. And I want people to know that I'm successful because I want people to see me as an expert. And uh, to tell you the truth, um, no one sees those people as experts. They see them as stressed out, hard to deal with sort of people. And I, I think that's uh, an important thing to, to recognize. I'm glad you named that one, Chris, because uh, I certainly know people who, who are like that, where it's an image, part of it is an image thing, right? It's like, I got to look like I have my act together. I've got a young family and kids, and but I'm doing all this stuff in my ministry, and I'm taking care of this and that, you know, and, and I volunteer for this, and I help my friends with that. Like, honestly, I just see that so often in ministry. Um, it is a, a pride ego thing for sure. You know, yeah. it's like, um, I've got to look like I have my act together. Um, and, and that's not why we serve in the first place. Right. You know, yeah. and that's, that's a challenge. Uh, we have to set that aside. We have to put our ego aside and that's, that's hard for us as humans. And, and kind of going on with that, I think as leaders, we have to avoid those people who can't say no. Um, because, you know, think about, think about church culture, right? Um, there are a lot of churches out there who have a small volunteer base who do everything, right? And, uh, and a lot of those volunteers, they're really well-intentioned. They're good people at, at the heart of the issue. But because they're overworked, because they don't know how to say no, sometimes they're very difficult to deal with. Sometimes they're a little overprotective. They have control issues, you know, things along those lines. And, you know, the other thing, too, is they tend to disappoint more than people who say no, um, you know, uh, from the off offset, because if I'm too overworked or overstretched or busy, I'm going to cancel on you last minute. I'm going to bail on you. I'm not going to do the job as well as you might want. And I want someone who's going to say yes to like what I'm doing and, you know, selfishly a little bit, say no to everything else, because I want them to believe or feel like this is the most important thing in the world. But when we multitask, when we, um, uh, put too much on our plate um, and say yes to all these different things. We're also saying like no to quality or reliability or integrity. And uh, that is even worse than if you say no to me right off mm -hmm. the bat. So Chris, how do you then prioritize? How do we help people listening to prioritize maybe not so much family and ministry because uh, that should be a little bit easier for folks, but prioritize one good idea to another, right? In ministry, if, if we can't do both, how do we determine which one we say yes to and which one we say no to? Yeah. You know, um, I feel like uh, rebuilding youth ministry, my book is all about the word. No, it just never really clarified it where first it's, know what your vision and mission is, what, what, what your purpose is, like who you are as a leader, um, what your ministry or your job is, um, you know, as a whole, like why God has put, put you in charge of this ministry right there. Because when you know your vision and your mission, you're going to have a framework of what's most important. And that helps you create your priorities. And if you're not sure what that is, um, you know, uh, one, one resource that I strongly recommend is uh, Stephen Covey's uh, Big Rocks analogy. Um, you know, if you just Google that, 
Um, there's a couple of videos out there where he talks about fitting in your big rocks first before your small rocks, which is all about your priorities. So I think the first thing is knowing what you're charged with doing, what's most important in organizing that. That's your vision and your mission, right? The next part is a series of discernment questions. Um, and there are tons of questions that you can ask, but when an idea comes your way or an opportunity comes your way, I think the most important thing is to first pause and ask that question, you know, um, that's similar to what Doug Fields was saying before, which is, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? If I say yes to this, who am I saying no to? Um, and taking a moment to pause and, and think about that. And then even if you decide to say yes, then the next question I think you should ask is, what does this match up with our vision and mission? Does, is this something that is gonna propel our vision and mission forward? Or is this like a side project or a tangent or something along those lines? And if it is, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just important to know that that's gonna create sideways energy and then you're gonna say no to something else. Second question that I would say is, is this a competing system? Sort of similar to the original one, but if I say yes to this, like what is it competing with? What is it, um, what is it combating? You know, um, if I say yes to this event, um, or this opportunity, it's going to take up space in my church, then who am I taking space away from? Or if it's going to use this resource, what resource, what, what money am I using to, you know, pay for that? And, and what money won't I have later on down the road? So what's the competing system? And then uh, the last question that I, I would throw out there is, does the labor outweigh the fruit? Does the labor outweigh the fruit? Now, that's a hard question to ask because anytime you're starting something new, usually the answer to that is yes, the labor does outweigh the fruit. Because if you don't know how to do this, if you've never ran a retreat or um, you know, uh, created small groups from scratch before or any of those things, the answer most definitely is going to be yes, the labor will outweigh the fruit. But if you have something in existence, if you're really sitting down um, you know, asking that question, does the labor outweigh the fruit, if the labor if the amount of work that you're putting in um, continues to be hard and the, the fruit that yields from it or the amount of benefits or success that yields from it um, is kind of small or insignificant, then it might be time to stop doing that. Um, for example, uh, you know, uh, one thing I've used to help jumpstart ministries is this summertime, um, you know, uh, Lexio Divina study I do with students. I've called it Church of Chick-fil-A or Bibles and Fries, you know, and um, those hit a season where the fruit uh, of it outweighs the labor, um, even though the labor is really minimal. It's showing up to a fast food joint with a Bible, meeting with students to talk about Jesus, right? But after a while, um, the excitement and the newness of it kind of wears off. And I'm finding that I'm still giving up, you know, an hour and a half of my time on a Sunday to meet with, you know, three or four students who I could be meeting with, you know, in another opportunity. And I, I know this is kind of like a niche sort of example, but again, um, it's looking at does the fruit out, does the labor outweigh the fruit? So again, when I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Does it match the vision and mission of what we're trying to do? Um, is this a competing system? And does the um, labor outweigh the fruit? Mm -hmm. And that that's powerful right there. That little system that you've created. I, I'd like to, to add something to that as a thought. And maybe this goes without saying, but I, sometimes I find that the things that go without saying need saying, 
is is how do we lift that up to God? That that idea, that prayer, that uh, whatever it is, how do we pray about it? How do we discern about it too? Right? You know, because you can go through that analysis, Chris, and I think that analysis is absolutely awesome. You know, and then you lift it up in prayer, and God saying, you know, very clearly, maybe here, no, I know you said you're saying thinking you're going to say no to this, but God's kind of saying, well, maybe you need to consider this, right? I'm not saying that always happens. I'm just saying I think discernment becomes a very important part of 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 what we do in ministry and lifting up to God. So part of what you described, well, actually everything you described, Chris, is discernment, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of the discernment process. And now lifting up to God and say, okay, my discernment God is leading me to say no or yes to this and, and allowing God to speak into that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have found that that's been tremendously valuable because there are things that I wanted to say yes to that would maybe pass that, that, that system that you created and God saying no. Um, and, and sitting with that, it's like, well, okay, th- that would have to trump, you know, my saying yes to that system, you know, if, if I'm hearing a clear message and, and, and I think, Look, discernment is an essential part of who we are as church, and I think sometimes we kind of mystify it more than we need to, but I think it needs to become more and more a practical reality of how we do church. You know, we got to do lift these up to, to God and see what God's saying, because I believe God speaks into all these things and helps in that discernment to say yes or no with the systems that we have in place. Well, and what you say is so important because it's not – yeah, this is not like you write these questions down on a piece of paper and you checkbox each one. I mean, bring it to prayer, bring it to prayer and bring it to others as well, because they're going to help you um, see what God's trying to tell you um, in that moment, because you might say, you might try to create excuses not to do it when God's really saying, no, 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 you need to do it. Or you might you know, say, yeah, you know, the labor does outweigh the fruit, but um you know what, like it's going to get better or I'll just work harder or something. So you need to bring that to prayer and really listen to like what God's telling you um, in response to those questions and also bring it to people that you trust who are going to just give you the bold truth and just say, you know what, Chris, uh, John, that sounds like a really great idea, but um, it's probably just not the time to do that. It's probably not the time to do that. And um and saying no to really good things, saying no to really great things can be hard, but it's all in the timing too. It's not saying that no forever. It's not saying no to that person. It's just saying like right now, um, you've got to take care of a couple of other things before you do that. You know, right now you've got to, um, you know, be able to take care of, uh, put things in order so that you can really enjoy that experience and, and, and that's really the thing. When we say yes to things, we want to be able to um, enjoy it uh, fully and not feel guilty or overworked or burdened because we put too much on our plate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and as we, as we wrap up, I think that's an important point is what, what we're not saying here is that you should always say no, right? <laughs> don't be that person that always says no, right? right? You just like, you don't want to be the person who always says yes, but, but create the processes, the system, the discernment in place to allow you to effectively say yes or no. And I think a lot more of us could probably stand to say no more often than we currently do. Again, that's not permission to always say no, right? You know, because there are times that we need to say yes, but quite honestly, there's times that we have to say yes, right? 
yeah. we, you know, father may ask us to do something and this is high on his priority list and well, he's our boss and he's the pastor. And so we may need to say yes to it. Now that that's a different conversation, you know, than this particular podcast, but I think we need to be sensitive of things that there are always things that we're going to have to say yes to uh, in the process as well. So, Well, and let me give you, if you're not sure whether your church or your staff has a problem saying no, um, here are a couple of signs, right? It, when your bulletin looks like a magazine, that means you have a problem saying no, all right? Because <laughs> if you are putting everything in anything, when you're taking more ad space out because you need to create more pages for your bulletin, then you've got a problem saying no. When your staff is getting sick continuously because they're working too hard, because their blood pressure is too high, because they're gaining weight, um, you have a problem as a staff of saying no. So like the size of your bulletin, uh, the health of your staff, um, you know, if you look back at your calendar and you can't think of when you last took a day off or you know, John, you had brought this up a, a couple of uh, episodes ago about vacation. You can't think of a time that you've used vacation, or if you haven't used all of your vacation, then you've got a problem with saying no. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, those are those are three signs that I would say um, to help you discern whether or not you've got a no problem. I love it. I absolutely agree. The size of the bulletin, though, I mean, that's an interesting one. Uh, if your staff is growing and your church is growing and you have more people to take on the responsibilities, then maybe that's okay. But if if everything's staying flat, right, which is often the case, Chris, so that's, yeah. that's your point. If you yeah. have the same amount of staff, same amount of offertory, same amount of volunteers, but the bulletin is growing, 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 well, then obviously that's something that we need to consider. You're but, absolutely right. But, you know, even with that, John, even if your staff is growing and your, your bulletin doesn't necessarily need to grow with it because it's not just about no to protect your staff, but even your parishioners, mm -hmm. right? Because once we start, um, another way of looking at it is if you're, if your bulletin looks like a diner menu, you know, where there's everything from fried eggs to, um, to uh, surf and turf, you know, it's like you're, you're giving your parishioners the impression that um, they need to do everything and that um, you're not really kind of simplifying, you know, the way that faith sometimes needs to be simplified. And, uh, and so it's not just about your staff. It's also about, your parishioners and we could talk about bulletins for another like half hour at least yeah don't get me started let's say no to that let's wrap up the podcast there. right <laughs> right yeah definitely um so uh yeah um you know if you go to marathonyouthministry.com and go to our store uh, we've got a couple of resources to help you discern no time savers is one of them as well as um the annual uh youth ministry assessment um can help you figure out what to say yes and what to say no to. Um, definitely check those out. Um, I mentioned Stephen Covey before, a couple of good resources there. Um, the Monk Manual is a tool that I've used um, uh, to help prioritize and everything like that. Um, but if you guys have questions or uh, for more on um, stuff like this or uh, other episodes, go to thechurchpodcast.org or subscribe on iTunes and, and definitely leave us a review. But let's say you want a one-on-one -on -one conversation I want to work uh, with people who are going to help you organize and prioritize your ministry. Um, you can definitely reach out to John and John, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at parishsuccessgroup.com or connect with me on Twitter or at John Ronaldo. 
And you can find me at MarathonYouthMinistry.com or connect to me on social media at Marathon Youth Ministry or Chris R. Wesley. Um, but again, you can find us at the churchpodcast.org. And again, go to iTunes, leave us a little review um, and uh, let us know how we're doing. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, John, would you mind closing us in prayer? Not at all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Gracious, merciful God, thank you again for this opportunity to serve uh, through this podcast, your people, your leaders in the church, Lord. May what we talk about here may be fruitful. May, may we all continue to learn uh, and take our growth seriously. And, and may we learn to say no when we need to say no, Lord, for our own health, for the health of our families, but also for the health of our churches and our ministries. So, Lord, uh, help us to learn and discern when to say no, when to say yes. Give us guidance in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.